0: Hello and welcome to FretDojo.com, your one-stop shop for jazz guitar mastery. In this podcast episode, I had the great opportunity to interview Per-Olav Kobberstad, the internationally acclaimed Norwegian Latin jazz guitarist and composer, and one of the few in the world playing 8-string acoustic guitar. Per Olav is a busy performing artist, touring both in Norway and internationally, and it was great we got the opportunity to squeeze in this interview via Skype between gigs. Not only performing, Per Olav is also a prolific recording artist. In 2014, he released his debut album Os Rios, As Ligassoes, with some of Brazil's top musicians, and in 2016, the album Colonial Colours was released together with Alf Wilhelm Lundberg. And this year, Per Olav happened to collaborate on recordings with one of the most legendary percussionists in Brazil, Robertino Silva, known to play with Tom Jobim, Wayne Shorter, Weather Report, Herbie Hancock and many more. Per Olav has performed at various venues and festivals with his own projects and as a solo artist he's played numerous high-profile events and festivals including the Acoustic Landscape International Guitar Festival and the Niteroi Jazz Festival as well. This was a wonderful interview and Per Olav reveals some golden tips throughout it on how to approach practising jazz guitar and also specific tips on improving your improvisation skills. He also talks about what it's like to play his fabulous eight string guitar. Okay, without further ado, let's get into the interview with Latin jazz guitarist extraordinaire Per Olav Kobastad.
1: Per Olav Kobostad, welcome to the show. Thank you, thank you, Greg. It's great to be here and thanks for inviting me to interview. It's really cool to tell about uh, what I'm doing and sharing it and uh, yeah, presenting it to other guitar players and jazz musicians and musicians and people. So (laughs) it's really fun. Thank you
0: my pleasure pearl and um yeah i couldn't resist the opportunity um as many of um my subscribers know you've been helping a lot with my site as well lately um you know you recently collaborated with me on a really lovely book on christmas chord melody arrangements really well received and, and also a new lesson series that I'm going to talk about a little bit later in my Fret Dojo Academy Club um, member site. So uh, But anyway, this um, interview, I, I really want to get into you know, what made you as a player because when we first connected, when you were playing to me, it was just, man, this guy really knows his stuff when it comes to solo guitar and especially Latin guitar as well. Uh, so, um, you know, I found it very inspiring just to sit and listen to your play. It was like I was getting this, this concert online. You know what I mean? It was fantastic. And, uh, and so, you know, tell me about where it all started for you, Per-Olav. You know, where was the, um, uh, the beginnings of your journey with music in general? And let's go from there.
1: Yeah, it was actually, I guess it started with, uh, I was listening to a concert. I was maybe 10 or 9 years old. I was listening to my cousin that plays drums he played in a band like a band of kids in a more northern part of Norway and they played with a band playing um, different kinds of rock music um, like typical music that kids would listen to those days like uh, Guns N' Roses, uh, Metallica, Jimi Hendrix but They played one song of uh, Jimi Hendrix that I really liked, which was uh, Hey Joe. And the guitar player was really great in that band. Even at that age, he was really amazing. He had something special that I... uh, I don't know why I liked it, but it was something that the way he played improvising, I think. So when I heard him, I was like, okay, I'm going to play guitar. (laughs) And then my father had a guitar at home. So I started just to sit and play a bit without knowing what I was doing, like playing around with some random chords. Maybe I think it was power chords. Power chords. Yeah. (laughs) seems so
0: long ago now, doesn't it?
1: Yeah. (laughs) But it was really cool to just take a power chord and move some frets around and then see how it sounded like. And I remember sitting before I was going to school playing with only power chords, and, uh, and it was really fun for me. So eventually I started to study at a kind of school we have in Norway called uh, Culture School, where they have some, some arts and some music teachers for kids. So um, yeah, then I started to learn more. But then the teacher didn't know so much about the music that I wanted, so he taught me like classical music and some more kind of boring things that I didn't like so much then. But I think it was good for me to have that background also.
0: Time and time again with my own playing, I found that definitely that classical training, especially for solo jazz guitar, it's uh, very useful to have, isn't it? All that technical training, it sort of eliminates an obstacle that a lot of students have when they try to play solo jazz guitar, is just kind of moving around in that way on the guitar, that very chordal way and moving voices and so forth.
1: Yeah, especially that listening to the way that the classical music is arranged, because it's kind of perfect. And uh, yeah, also being comfortable with listening to maybe dissonance. Mm, mm. Maybe also a way into accepting jazz or starting to like jazz. Yeah. That was my start, I guess. I don't remember when I was starting to play jazz, why I was liking it. I think it was because I met some other people that play jazz and then they introduced it to me, maybe starting with blues. And then I met the guy who played organ. Mm-hmm. We had an organ trio and I, he asked me if I wanted to join. But I didn't play any jazz at that time. So I told him, oh, but I don't know how to play <laughs> jazz. But then he, oh, I will show you. So then every day he was like practicing together with me and showing me how to play phrases. I know I was knowing some chords. But he was also showing me like tunes, how I can improvise over the chords. And then it was funny because I was playing like in a blues or rock kind of type phrasing. I was bending the notes, maybe rhythmically. I was doing some strange things <laughs> that didn't fit in the way of jazz improvising. So he was showing me that way of not bending so much having maybe small ideas and small phrases that you develop, that you try to play what you hear, kind of and developing those small ideas that you have, like playing playing something that's real for you. And so then I got more interested in that and he showed me some musicians and albums to listen to. So I guess that was when I was starting with jazz.
0: Yeah, and let me ask you, Pearl, love, did you find a uh, difficult path to get into jazz or did you just find you always had a natural affinity to play in that style?
1: I think it was really difficult in the beginning, especially with the harmonic, uh, like playing over chord changes. And I, I was sometimes wondering, is it real that people <laughs> can play over this? <laughs> is it, do they just play something random or is it like, how is it possible? <laughs> but then I, I was studying a lot uh, Django Reinhardt, for example. Mm. I found players that I really liked. West Montgomery, like I told you about, I was transcribing a lot. For example, this tune, uh, West Coast Blues. That's a ripper, yeah. yeah. That, that tune, that was the first jazz solo that I learned. And there's a lot of information in that solo. And I, At that time, I didn't know how to learn or adapt the vocabulary. I was just playing the solo, repeating it. But then later on, I guess I understood more about how to use some of the phrases in that solo, for example, and taking parts and making variations of them or using that in my own stuff. So at first I was just transcribing things and trying to learn some scales and different chord voicings. And I was studying music also in high school, I guess.
0: It was, uh, it was. It's interesting you say that about you transcribed a lot of Wes Montgomery and then just, you know, was just playing those solos. But it's really interesting you said that because that's what Wes Montgomery did with Charlie Christian. <laughs> when he was first on the bandstand, he would just play Charlie Christian solos. Note for note, you know what I mean? So it, it's definitely a real pivotal thing you need to do as a player at some point, isn't it, is to get into those transcriptions. It's the most kind of... Um, nutritious way of learning jazz i think
1: mm. yeah i also think that and also i think that uh one really good way to do it is to um to try to sing the phrases but i didn't do this in the beginning i was only playing but i know people that started with singing also as like uh, young students or guitar players they try to sing the phrases when they are transcribing or learning things and they develop a really, really good air and it's really amazing. I didn't start with that, so I wish I had. Yeah. So maybe that's one tip to people uh, that if you have the chance to do that, do it. I think,
0: uh, I really hope that anyone, uh, any of my subscribers that are listening to this right now are taking notes because there's about 10 things you've said so far that are really, really important. That's definitely one of the most important, isn't it? Like linking it to your, the first instrument, the voice, you know. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really glad you brought that up. Yeah, so uh, let's keep going, man, because I'm just interested to find out just what brought you to Latin America because you've basically toured all around the world now, you know, from just, you know, like, getting interested in jazz, you know, working through it with some other musos, uh, and now you're a full-fledged performing artist. So what took you there, and, and how did you get that opportunity?
1: Yeah, um, I guess... I started to listen to Brazilian music maybe three years after I started to play jazz. So I was kind of into fusion, like fusion rock and jazz. And then I guess I was listening to some Brazilian music through Real Book, for example. Like you have Wave in Real Book, you have the Saffinard, this these tunes. And then I started to check more out those composers. And then it's a bit, a bit funny actually because. <laughs> in uh, windows vista the uh, computer software and there is a uh, there's a song like uh, they have some mp3 files just to listen to music
0: all oh, right <laughs> okay.
1: so one of these files was a brazilian singer called luciana sosa oh. and luciana sosa was singing together with the guitarist uh, romero lubambo it's a really great brazilian guitar player that lives in in uh, america and then I was listening to this track and I, I didn't figure out where it was coming from. <laughs> like, what country is this coming from? I was thinking, hmm, maybe Spain or something. Oh yes. And it was not nova It was more like uh, samba. Oh yes. Fast samba. And I, I couldn't figure out how he, he was playing the rhythm because it was so syncopated and and uh, it had a very strange swing mm. that found very exciting and then i started to to learn this uh, guitar part and uh, i guess that was the start of uh, that i like started to i was in love with brazilian music and the guitar playing so
0: <laughs> oh thanks thanks very much bill gates yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for, for, for changing your life forever man
1: yeah 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 yeah, that was uh, crazy. So then I bought a nylon string guitar, cheap one that I found, and I started to transcribe a lot of things. I started to research Brazilian culture, reading about the different places in Brazil, the different music uh, styles, the rhythms. And after maybe one year, one year and some months, I traveled there for the first time. So then I... First, I uh, I found some guitarists living in Rio, and I sent them email and uh, asked if they wanted to give me a lesson mm-hmm. because I was planning to go there in uh, six months or something, and staying for two weeks. So many of them responded and they was happy to receive me and oh, <laughs> and cool, give. Them. So I was really happy. I had six lessons, I think with different players and it was guitar players that i had been listening to on cds and on youtube for uh maybe one or two years like seeing a lot every day and uh, getting inspiration from so it was really cool to finally uh, be in the same room as them Mm. like how there was taking the guitar up and making coffee and (laughs) also just meeting them so <laughs> what a fabulous experience it, it's
0: uh, I think this is a really good lesson for everyone actually is that you know if you, if you want to make those connections you've just got to put yourself out there and, and you know yeah. like it, as you mentioned pearl love it, it was all it took was an email you know a few emails to these guys and, and it really set you up to to um, basically you know really get some one-on-one instruction with some of the top players in that in that genre so um so yeah i think uh, uh that's um that's a good lesson for
1: us all <laughs> yeah i think uh, at that time i started to realize that i had to do something to get somewhere like uh, you had to send an email to book a show to book a concert you have to uh ask your friends to join to play together to start the band you have to do something to to uh, yeah to get something back kind of and then so I started to do more of that, even with recording things, for example, um, playing with different people, having other lessons with other guitar players, and yeah, and just making
0: those connections, and that, that's that's what it's yeah. all about. It. Like if you really want to make it in the industry, isn't it? Now, there's one other thing that I really want to ask you about, and I'm sure it's mm-hmm. something that, uh, well, actually, the, I'm sure there's a lot of things I want to ask you about, but there's there's something right now that's really coming to mind that I'm sure yeah. is. Is on the lips of uh, everyone else that has seen you play uh, the, those remarkable videos that I've been sending out to my email readers lately, and that yes. is your eight string guitar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, uh yeah. You know, you've been helping us um, prepare some lessons on the uh, on some Latin tunes lately for the Fret Dojo Club, and uh, and everyone that's seen these videos when we've been working through them, going, "Man, I really want one of those eight string guitars. Where do I get one?" <laughs> you know. So, so uh, what got you interested in that? And um, and where can you get one of these guitars, by the way?
1: Yeah, this one I got in in Buenos Aires, in Argentina, of a guitar builder there, and it started. Because I was playing 7-string guitar. Uh, In Brazil, it's very common to use 7-string guitar music style that is called choro or chorinho. And the 7-string guitar is playing kind of melodies in, um, uh, what do you call it, like uh, counterpoint. Oh, yes, yes. Point melodies and bass lines, it's very busy. It's very cool to see that the guitar is used in this way. Yeah, it's and like, yeah.
0: Is, that, is that all kind of, that, that's all improvised, obviously? Yeah. That, yeah that's, that's not an easy feat, is it, to, to do that at a reasonable tempo, like moving bass and moving top lines. That's something um, I'm still working on a bit myself as a player.
1: Yeah, and in Brazil, they, they play, they don't play two things at the same time, but in this short of music, which is the traditional music, they, um, they only play like bass lines and bass melodies, but they are improvising and it's more like Uh, music from New Orleans like with collective improvisation many instruments playing melodic things at the same time and it fits together and it's like really crazy so um, I was kind of playing a bit of that at least trying to learn a bit about it and then I had a seven string guitar that I bought uh, on eBay and then I was back in Rio maybe the third time I was there then I had a lesson with a guy called Matias Ariasu and he was playing um, an 8-string guitar. So I came to his house and he started to show me a bit how he was playing and what he was practicing. And then, wow, this is really cool. <laughs> I was thinking. So then I I asked him, well, where do you get this guitar? And then he told me about this guitar builder in uh, Buenos Aires. And uh, eventually I sent him an email and, and started to order a guitar. Okay. So then he, I went there to pick it up. Another time than that but I was in Rio, so I went there, and uh, yeah. It has two extra bass strings, so you have the normal strings, and then you have two deeper ones that is tuned. Actually, normally in uh, Brazil, you tune the seventh string to C, but I tune it to a B, so I get the fourth down. Yeah, yeah. The, the lowest one to G. Right, okay. Or, Sometimes you can tune it to uh, how you want to, so.
0: <laughs> it's, uh, and it, let me ask you, was it a was it a very difficult uh, transition from going from a six, well, I guess you are already playing seven string, but did it require a complete reprogramming of the way you played? Like, well, did it just take you years to refigure everything out or, or was it quite a natural transition? I'm really interested in this.
1: Uh, it was not so natural, actually. It was... Um, in the beginning, the coordination was really difficult. I had to always look at my hands. Uh, for example, the right hand was usually resting someplace. You know, I had some. I was resting some at some strings, or maybe uh, my thumb was always knowing where the lowest string was. But now, with the A-string guitar, I had to getting used to this uh, kind of new strings and. <laughs> it was really strange because sometimes you don't know where your hand is so uh, that took maybe one year before it got like normal again so i I always had to look at my hand where it was and often i played the wrong string (laughs) (laughs) and also on the left hand on the fretboard maybe i had to change my position a bit on the hand because to reach those deeper swings, you have to turn your hand more around in front of the neck. So my thumb is maybe resting sometimes below the neck. I see. Like, uh, it's difficult to explain, but uh, maybe uh, it doesn't have so much angle, maybe. The wrist is more straight sometimes. Anyways, um, there I was changing some things, but that was more natural. And also, I had to learn like many chord voicings and many things kind of again on those strings and figure it out where the tones are where some scales are how can i use it um open strings where is yeah the open positions where can i use them and yeah so it took some time it's kind of a different instrument since it also has the bass function yeah so um if it depends on how you use it if you use it as a bass guitar or if you use it as a normal guitar playing some some 6 and um, yeah it's kind of different but <laughs> it took maybe one year or two years to get kind of normal or comfortable with it
0: ah oh man but it sounds so good you know the it, it's it's sort of like it, it almost feels like when i've heard you play some of these solo guitar arrangements that you've been working on it's almost like those notes are always meant to be there because just we haven't yet <laughs> For a six-string guitar, so um, mm-hmm. yeah, I've, I've got I've got to think about getting one of these. But uh, you know, you've yeah. got to balance it up with the with the considerable, you know, obviously, you know, learning all the ins and outs of almost another instrument as well, isn't it? So if anyone's interested in getting one of those eight-string guitars, um, feel free to uh, check out Esteban Gonzalez. His link will be on the description for these um, uh, for this interview. And let's um, now turn to the next part in this interview where I'd like to talk to you about your music, Per Olav. So the... Um, uh, I believe you have a bit of a, a track off one of your albums to share with us in today's show. It would be great for you to, to introduce it and talk a little bit about um, uh, you know, the background to, the, to this recording.
1: Yeah, sure. I recorded an album in Brazil, actually, in 2014, and I was uh, trying to have all my favorite musicians in Rio participate in this album so this track is the last track on the cd it's called east meets west and it's actually um, inspired by actually music from india nepal (laughs) it's kind of different and uh, also folk music from norway we have some some different rhythms and styles in norway also and then it's a mixture of that and some jazz stuff. And then there is some uh, Brazilian kind of influence also. So it's kind of a new, unique uh, blend of things. And this track that's called East Meets West has some um, percussion instrument from Brazil. That's called Pandeiro. It's a small drum with a, um, kind of a skin on top. And then it has some metal... Um, Castagnette, I guess, on the side. So it makes uh, a deep sound at the same time that it has a lot of high frequencies. So uh, one musician in Rio called Scott Finer, an American that moved to Rio, and he is taking this instrument, playing more modern music and jazz with it. So he was participating and it created a uh, really nice sound together with drums. So, um, yeah. I hope you like it.
0: <laughs> Fantastic. Well, I'm really interested in this one, Per So this is Per Olav Kobostad playing East Meets West of his very first album. And uh, What was the name of your first album, Per Olav?
1: It's As Rios As Liga It means the rivers and the, the connections or the rivers or the links.
0: Fantastic. Okay, well, well let's let's hit it. Fabulous Per Ola Cobastad playing East Meets West, uh, one of the tracks off his debut album, Os Rios, As Legasos. And um, that was a fabulous um, kind of cross-cultural, very dynamic performance from Per Ola. And um, yeah, I've really enjoyed listening to that. So thanks very much for sharing that with us.
1: Thank you. (laughs) glad.
0: Yeah, Yeah, so um, before everyone... um, everyone goes, I'd like to mention a few things that are coming up that are very exciting that are involving Per Olav uh, with Fret Dojo. So on the um, 18th of January at 3.30 p.m. USA Eastern Time, Per Olav is doing a special workshop for Fret Dojo all about how to master solo Latin chord melody guitar. Uh, so th- this is a real specialty of Per Olav. Um This is actually what really inspired me to work on a few collaborations with Per Olav in particular. So um, if you guys are interested in coming along to that, it's available for access if you're a member of the Fret Dojo Academy Club and also... Pearl O'Love has uh, collaborated with me on a brand new lesson series in the Fret Dojo Club, which is all about how to play the fabulous jazz standard Wave by Antonio Carlos Jobim. That's a very popular standard that's called a lot at jam sessions and gigs and so forth. So um, that, uh, if you're interested in either of those things, you'll need to be a member of the club. And, um, and yeah, everyone's very excited about having Pearl Love. Come along! Um, I've um, received a lot of interest from the members of the club so far. So, um, yeah, if you are already a member, make sure that you come along to that because it'll be a chance to uh, have a deep dive workshop on mastering um, the solo Latin chord melody guitar, and also a chance to ask Pearl Love questions in general. You know, we'll do a live Q and A session in that call as well. So, um, thanks very much for uh, facilitating that, Pearl Love. I think it's going to be a fantastic event.
1: Yeah, it will be fun. fun.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, if uh, anyone uh, would like to get a copy of any of Per Olav Cobblestab's recordings, such as um, the Austrias As Ligatios, which the, the track that we just played before was from, you can um, find Per Olav on the web. I've just been looking up Per Olav Cobblestab on Google, but I'll leave a link in the show notes. It's www.perolavcobblestab.com,
1: is that correct? Uh, it's uh, P O Koberstad. So, oh, uh, yeah. okay, okay.
0: So, so the the website is P O Koberstad com, and uh, you can you can order his albums there from either directly off the website or on iTunes. But if you would like a CD, like an actual physical CD of the recordings, feel free to send Per Olav an email on that site. Uh, His details are on the site and he'll be able to uh, organize uh, sending you a CD through for that. So I'll leave all the details for how to get in contact with Pearl Love and to order some of his fabulous music on the show notes for this interview that'll be accompanying this. So um, yeah, I think uh, it's been a fabulous uh, session, Pearl Love. And um, what have you got coming up in the next few months?
1: I'm playing some uh, jazz club uh, concerts here in Norway. Uh, I have some projects with uh, an accordion player. We play some Brazilian music and some of our own compositions and some stuff like that. So, yeah, we are traveling a bit in the snow around and uh, playing some concerts and, uh, yeah. And then I'm composing a bit new music and, yeah, planning maybe a new tour with my trio. Uh, Thinking of where to go, maybe Europe this time. Thinking of Portugal or Spain. And so I'm starting to plan those things and... My base is in Oslo, so I play a lot here with uh, the Brazilian musicians that live here. So, uh, yeah, that's what I'm doing right
0: now. That's fantastic. Um, Yeah, and you you know what? It's really nice to hear such fabulous original music, you know, like uh, in this kind of tradition, because, you know, often when I'm teaching jazz, we're sort of constantly playing the same old standards, you know, from, from, from 50 years ago, you know what I mean? But it's really nice to hear someone Continue to push the boundaries, um, make some great new music that's still very, you know, energetic and uh, good to listen to. And um, yeah. so, I've I've really enjoyed um, getting introduced to your music, Pearl Love. So once again, if people like to get a bit deeper into Pearl Love's music and and his compositions, make sure that you check out him on his website at com And uh, just check my website if you're not sure of the spelling of that, and there'll be a link. To his website directly so um uh, thank you so much for coming on pearl love once again and um yeah i I look forward to future collaborations with you man it's it's been great so
1: so let's keep this thing going thank you greg it's a pleasure to collaborate and yeah it's fun really (laughs) fantastic so that wraps it up for
0: another uh, podcast session Fret Dojo. So thanks very much for tuning in today. And, um, if you're interested in more free lessons and great tips on boosting your jazz guitar skills, I've got a fantastic team uh, working with me now from all around the world and, um, and we're producing some amazing lessons right now. So if you're keen on more stuff, feel free to sign up for my newsletter at fretdojo.com and, uh, and check out all the goodies there. And there's lots of free books and so forth on offer as well. So uh, that's all from me for now. And I'll see you in the next one. Bye for now.